Amazing grace indeed. Uh, I invite you to join with me in prayer. Let's ask God to bless the preaching of his word. Heavenly Father, we've come to meet with you. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock, and we know our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Always a privilege to be in God's house with you. And yes, we have Krispy Kreme in the back. It's a good day. It's a good day. And, and to start off the discussion this morning as we have fun in the house of God, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about winning the lottery. If there are any HGTV fans, uh, raise a hand if you watch HGTV. You might have heard of this show, My Lottery Dream Home. So it documents those who have won it big, uh, sometimes won $2 million, $2 million or more, and what they want to use and, and, and how they spend their money. What I find really interesting is that many of these lottery winners are very reasonable. What do you want with two million? I want three bedrooms and two baths. It's interesting. Anyway, um, I was just curious, have you ever won anything? Uh, maybe you were at the White Sox game, you played the 50-50 raffle split. It'd be a good pot to have. Uh, maybe you put your name into a drawing and, and yours got pulled out of the hat. Uh, something that you may or may not know about me is that I have a reputation of winning. Uh, at a young age, I won a teddy bear at a dentist's office. Uh, I grew up and I, I won a Game Boy at a Wisconsin uh, Walmart. Um, and maybe most famously, and some of you know this and are probably sick of hearing this, but I am a Price is Right winner. Shamelessly name-dropping. Drew Carey's my best friend. Anyway. Well, at this point, you might be wondering, well, pastor, thank you for all of this, but where are you going with this? Well, welcome once again to church, and uh, I want to welcome you, even if you're just visiting today, if you don't consider yourself a Christian, if you don't have it all together, you're, you're welcome to be here. But there's something you should know about the message we proclaim here. <laughs> there's something you should know about Jesus, and that is this, that because of Jesus, salvation is more like winning the lottery and less like earning a paycheck. See, you don't have to have won anything, but in Jesus Christ, you have already won. And we all know the difference between what it is to win something and to earn something. In fact, I want you to draw to your mind the, the hardest paycheck you ever earned. I want you to think of what job was it. Do you got it? For me, it was Orlando, Florida. Working minimum wage at a movie theater, selling popcorn, earning peanuts, Right? And, and that's the way life is. Many times we have to put in the, the grueling hard work to finally get the payoff. And culturally speaking, we have phrases that tell us you got to earn your keep. Um, for example, one of those phrases is, you made your bed, now you have to lie in it. Or maybe you can finish this phrase, what goes around, yeah. Or there's no such thing as a free lunch. Basically, again, you got to earn it. In fact, what you need to know is that spiritually speaking, the way that, that we're created is, is we have this hunch in our hearts as well. That when it comes to salvation with God, there must be something I have to do. There must be something I have to get right in order for him to approve of me. In fact, when Jesus was walking around in the New Testament, we hear of an example of this. A rich young ruler came up to Jesus, and he asked him this question. He said, Jesus... What good thing must I do to get eternal life? 
And it's something that, again, he was wrestling with. What is it? You tell me. Be, be selling all my possessions, give to the poor. What should I do? And maybe you thought that a time or two. Maybe you've wondered, God, you know, what must I do that, that I can finally be at peace, that I can finally be happy? And sometimes our spiritual experience doesn't even help us. Because depending on your experience, you might have heard that, you know, to be a good church person, to be right with God, you have to X, Y, and Z. You have to serve. You have to give 10%. You have to volunteer. You have to da-da-da-da-da. Now, those are really good things to do. But they're not about salvation. Which is why I love we, why we've gathered today. See, we're in this series called Things Jesus Never Said. And he never said... You get what you deserve. In fact, the gospel we proclaim is this, that you and I get way better than we deserve. In fact, if you did your homework, uh, we were reading from Isaiah this past week. And Isaiah, the, the chapter 55, it tells us that in Christ Jesus, there is such a thing as a free lunch. Consider these words with me. He said, Come, all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Now, I don't know what stores you go to, but usually I have to pay for the items I pick out. What God is saying here, that when it comes with me, when it comes with my grace and the gifts that I have, you don't need any money. You don't have to do anything good. That with me there is a free lunch. That forgiveness, life, and salvation are all gifts from my hand. Come buy and eat, he says, without money. So we don't get what we deserve. And if there was ever a, a portion of Scripture that taught us that, it's what we're going to consider in these moments from Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, so we're going to dig in, and you can follow along either in your worship folder or on the screen before you. A wonderful, wonderful section about salvation. Here's what it says. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's a reference to the devil, by the way. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Powerful, powerful words about our salvation. The gift of God. Could you turn to the person next to you and just tell them, in God you won big. In God you won big. Excited to talk about these words. You excited with me? I'm just wondering, are there any categories of life that for you, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss. Uh, for example, it might happen that you get a bill in the mail. And, and you might know it's from the hospital, the credit card statement. And instead of opening it right away because you know that's what, what's going to happen internally, 
you just set it to the side for a little while because honestly, ignorance is bliss, right? Um, maybe for you, it's a doctor visit. You've heard that you should get your annual checkup. You've heard that you should probably get tested for this or that. But the reality is you don't want to go because, well, ignorance is bliss. And sometimes, to be honest, we're afraid that it's going to be worse than what we ever thought. You know, a story about this, it's amazing what you can find on YouTube. Um, I found uh, someone who had a hearing problem. And to me, it was worse than I would have ever thought. Because they had this video camera that went into his ear canal, and it was just, it was bad. <laughs> As I watched this six-minute video, there was a lot of bad, including a dead insect. It is worse sometimes than what you think. You're welcome for that imagery. Why do I bring this up? You know, spiritually speaking, sometimes we want to live in this category where ignorance is bliss. I don't want to think about what I deserve. I don't want to think about what God says. I just want to kind of put it off, right? But as we get into the lesson, as we understand what God is saying to us, we have to be real with the fact that unfortunately by nature, it's worse than what we thought. So if you're taking notes, here's our first takeaway. By nature, the spiritual state of things is worse than what we thought. Because as we get into Scripture, the, the first passage, it tells us this. It says that by nature, this is what you were. You were dead in transgressions. That's us without Jesus. Dead in transgressions. Kind of reminds me of something we consider in starting point. By the way, if you're new to Amazing Love, your next step is starting point. It's a wonderful class. And something we talk about in starting point is, uh, is about a dead squirrel. So let me bring him up. <laughs> you're welcome for all this imagery. Wow, right? I just hear the groans. Earwax and dead squirrels, what's going on? It's worse than you thought. Anyway, um, and in starting point, we ask this question, what can this dead squirrel see? Answer? What can the dead squirrel do? Can the dead squirrel run after a car? Can the dead squirrel gather nuts and hibernate in the winter? Can the dead squirrel go on a date with a girl squirrel this Friday night? No, what does a dead squirrel do? Nothing. Now, why this matters is because God says, hey, by nature, this is what you were. You were you you're dead. And so it reminds us, what could we do to please God? When that rich young ruler came up and said, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? We hear dead in transgressions, and, and our answer is, what can we do? Nothing. It's a hopeless state based on how we're made. Now, some of you might say, well, Pastor, you know, this one time, though, I know I wasn't always a Christian, but I volunteered or I gave to the pantry. Or, or one time I, I stopped and I helped someone on the side of the road. That must count for something, right? Well, there Hebrews reminds us, a look at this passage, that without faith it's actually impossible to please God. So it's not just about the outward act, it's actually about the inward heart. And away from Christ, there's, there's no way to please him. What good mu thing must I do? You can't do anything. In fact, the lesson goes on and it tells us that at a certain point in life, we were dancing to the wrong DJs. That we listened to the devil and the world and the cravings of our sinful nature. 
they played the beat and we danced to it. And so because of all of this, again, it's worse than what we thought, because of all of this, we deserve something from God that Scripture reminds us of. It says that we were by nature deserving of wrath. And if you're taking notes, what we deserve is the wrath of God. God is serious about sin. If you've ever read about the wrath of God, you know at one time disobedient people were swallowed up as the ground enveloped them. That he is the God who brought sulfur down from heaven to burn a town, Sodom and Gomorrah, for their disobedience and their sin. The wrath of God, it is real. Let me bring you a good word. Because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid. Because of Jesus Christ, we do not get what we deserve. And I need to describe how things changed. To describe this, I want to enter in on on conversations I've never had. (laughs) That's my category. Conversations I've never had. And one conversation I've never had is with God about my birth. This is a conversation that has never gone down. Hey, God. Uh, Unborn Dustin here. Uh, I was thinking about uh, 1982. What, What do you think, God? Big hair, neon, be good. I was thinking about Steve Bloomer, he's a pastor, Bonnie Bloomer, a social butterfly. God, what do you think? And April, I really love April, love diamonds, it'll be my birthstone, awesome. You down? Never had that conversation with God, might surprise you. Have you? Did anyone else pick their birthday? When they were born, to what family they were born? Well, no, that's ridiculous, pastor, where are you going? Well, just as we could not pick our earthly birth, so also we cannot pick our spiritual one. And Scripture today is reminding us of this. It says, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ when we were dead in transgressions. God had to work first. While we were dead and unable to do anything, he made us alive. You know, another way to look at it, kind of reminds me of having a heart monitor. If you've ever been in a hospital, you know that heart monitor uh, beeps at you. Beep, 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 until there's no heartbeat. And that sound is beep. So God is saying to all of us today, when you came into this world, it was beep. You're dancing to the wrong DJs. Beep. Dead in trespasses. Beep. But then something changed. Some of you were baptized. Beep, 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 beep. In fact, can this side, can you beep with me? Beep, 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 beep. You were baptized. Beep. Carry the beat. Beep, 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 beep. Middle section, cue beep along. Beep, beep, beep. Beep, beep, left section, beep, beep, beep. You were baptized. You were brought to amazing love. You heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what was beep turned into beep, 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 beep. That's the power of God. You can stop beeping. Thank you very much. That when we were dead, he brought us to life. How good is our God? And so if you're taking notes, 
God chose to give us life. What I'm reminded of is how gracious God is. That God is the ultimate in philanthropy. That he is a rich God who loves to share his riches with those in need. Now, in this life, there are examples of philanthropy. For example, the chair that you're sitting in, it was not bought by the people of amazing love, but rather was donated by people who were rich. Uh, the Antioch Foundation, who gave us money so that you could have a chair to sit in. Reminds me of Bill and Melinda Gates. Maybe you've heard of the Gates Foundation. They give billions of dollars to help the impoverished, to help with health care and education. It reminds me if you've ever been to a lake house. That's a form of philanthropy. If you don't own that lake house, someone who is rich is sharing with you the benefits of what they have. So God reminds us today there is no greater philanthropy than what he shared with us. It says that, that he showed the incomparable riches of his grace. That no one has given more. No one has a greater storehouse than what God has in sharing his riches with us. What we learn is that in Jesus we receive the riches of grace. What are the riches available? Those riches are forgiveness for each and every sin. Whether it was years ago, seconds ago, or in the future, it is paid for completely. Those riches are eternal life. That right now we have victory. The passage said that we're already seated with God in the heavenly realms, that the victory's won, it's going to culminate someday. The riches are peace with God. That again, we can be declared his children. Yes, we have received the riches of his grace. But how did we get them? That's where Jesus comes in. See, what we didn't pay for, he had to. And the price of our peace was the cross that he bore. He is the reason for our peace. And he is the reason that we have salvation. I love the gospel recorded in 2 Corinthians. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. This is the gospel that Jesus received what we deserve so that we could receive what he deserves, that we have the right to be called the sons and daughters of God. Now, when we consider all of this, at what point can we stand by and say, yeah, I truly got what I deserved? At what point can we declare, see, now, now, now you can see it's really good people that go to heaven. Knowing all of this, we have to declare that the only reason we have true and certain hope is because of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. That in him, we do not get what we deserve. You know, I love what Ravi Zacharias said. He put it this way, that Jesus, he didn't come to make bad people good. His goal isn't that we'd be better than most people, but rather he came to make dead people alive. And that is what we are. Never was this more clear than in the lesson that we considered earlier. The day that Jesus died, there were two others by his side. These were criminals who died the worst death for what they had done. 
So we know that they didn't just steal a pack of gum from a grocery store. No, they had done something so bad it deserved dying in the worst way. One of the criminals made it worse by mocking God. They, they both were mocking. But then one turned to repentance. And repentance is just a change of mind. And in repentance he said, Jesus, would you remember me when you come to your kingdom? Now at this point he has no way of making his bad life into a good one. But Jesus turns to him and says, actually today you'll be with me in paradise. And through those words, he reminds him, reminds us, that those who cling to Jesus have one big. That salvation is more like winning the lottery and less like earning a paycheck. How great is that news? You know, it's this message that can change us. I don't know about your life, but in my life, you can deal with a lot of guilt. For example, there is food guilt. You should never host a party because after you host a party, you have a ton of leftovers and way too much cake. And so sometimes you have food guilt because you know you shouldn't have eaten that much, but there you go. There's parent guilt. Parent guilt when you didn't put your foot down, you didn't discipline, you weren't hard, and you just let them go. Parent guilt because you can't be in all places at once and sometimes you miss that event and you feel bad about it. But really nothing compares to spiritual guilt. The sense of what we deserve for all the wrong things that we have done. And as we assess ourselves today and see ourselves through the lens of Scripture, it may be that it's worse than what we thought, but in Christ Jesus, it has changed to be way better than we could have ever imagined. And so this message changes things because we don't get what we deserve. We don't have to live with guilt any longer. See, you have the right to walk out of amazing love today knowing that you're at peace with God based on what Jesus has done. How awesome is that? But it also changes things because what we have received is what he now prompts us to give. See, he's the God who taught many things, and one of his hardest teachings was go out and love your enemies. Go out and be good to those who have mistreated you. I don't know about you, but that's a hard word. But when I remember that Jesus treated me better than I deserve, that in fact I'm saved because of that word, it is then that I want to take God up on that offer and realize that there's no better way to live that we can now treat others better than they deserve. That by the Spirit of God we can go to work and maybe there's a blowout, maybe, maybe there's someone difficult, a client, a customer, and I can treat them better than they're treating me right now because I know God did that. That when it comes to my family, that there may be reasons that I could have written someone off, things that they had done, and you don't even know, Pastor, but I can forgive them. Because in Jesus, I'm treated better than I deserve. That when it comes to people we don't even meet, haven't even met yet, and don't even know, we can choose right now to be generous to them, to be gracious to them, because that's what in Christ God has done for us. I hope you see today that again, you won big. May the Spirit sink this deep into your soul and help you to live it out. Amen. Please stand.
and the peace of God which transcends our understanding. May it guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.